Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Well, as always, it is an honor and privilege to have the opportunity to, uh, to be able to share with you all. You know, and, and I don't just say this just to say it. I really mean it from my core. Um, as a church, we are truly blessed to have pastors like uh, Pastor Allen and Miss Joy. Uh, we are truly blessed. You know, it's funny because I had a guy walk up to me one time, which, and what he said made absolutely no sense. He walks up to me and he goes, you know, I get you and Pastor Allen confused sometimes. And I'm like, oh, because we look alike, right? You know, and wow. Well, I am one for... Uh, I love it when someone gives me a strong recommendation, a strong endorsement. You know, my wife will tell you I'm all about quality. And, you know, I will draw far and far and wide to go if someone, like, tells me that this is the best place, whether it's business, this is the best restaurant or the best uh, car dealership or the best, you know, a resource. You know, when it comes to products, you know, when people recommend things and, and if they're adamant about it, I will give it a try. You know, if, if someone recommends great hair products, I'll give it a try. That's not nice. Why y'all laugh? <laughs> but strong endorsements, I think, uh, mean a lot to me. But what happens when someone endorses something and the experience was not what they shared with you? You know, several years ago uh, when I was working for my, my former company, I had to go up to Memphis, Tennessee to do a training. And everyone I worked with back then knew that I loved queso. You know, and so when I, when I, see, I like you from El Paso, I like it, I, I, yeah. Uh, so I went up to this trip in, in Memphis, Tennessee, and, and when I got there, the director of, of the facility said, Derek, we know, you know, from San Antonio, we got something special planned for you. Uh, we know you like queso, so we're going to take you to Memphis's best Mexican restaurant. And for me, I'm like, Memphis, Tennessee, Mexican food. But I'll give it a try. So for the first four hours of the day, I didn't pay attention to one word she was saying because I was focused on the fact that in four hours, I was going to get Memphis, Tennessee's best queso. And so finally, we got to the restaurant. I sat down, and guys, I can't tell you, I had so much excitement, so much anticipation. It was so built up. And I remember when we sat down, and I still remember it. it, it I mean, I laugh now. But she looked at the waiter, and she winked at him. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. And uh, he goes in the back. He brings out this big metal bowl. And I look down. And then I look back at the waiter. And I look down one more time. And I'm like, excuse me. And he goes, yes, sir. I said, is this Velveeta cheese? And he goes, yes, sir. I said, this is not queso. This is fake cheese. And so I can assure you, when I go to Memphis, Tennessee, I don't eat any Mexican food from now on because they think Velveeta cheese is queso. And so a bad recommendation can leave a bad taste in your mouth. But this morning, I want to offer you a strong recommendation, a recommendation that I think has legs, an endorsement that I think you can find no fault with. And that endorsement is this. Make God the Lord of your life. Going a step further, I want to ask you to do something for me today. I want you from this day forward to consider God faithful 
in your life because he is. He's the faithful and one true God. And, and, you know, I am a firm believer that we mean well, but I think sometimes we don't really, we're not truthful with ourselves because we're not living our lives like he's Lord of our life. I think a lot of us, and, and I've been in this situation myself, a lot of us use God like he's a hurricane kit, like he's over here when we need him. And that's not making him Lord of our lives. God wants to be Lord. He wants to be first. He wants to be the one. He wants to know that you know he's faithful. And I believe it has legs to stand on because of what the scriptures say. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God is faithful, meaning he's reliable, he's trustworthy, he's ever true to his promise. He can be dependent on, and through him, we are called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the faithful, reliable, depending, dependable God. He's the God who's always there. He's the God who's with you through thick and thin. He is God. But we have to live our lives in such a way to reflect that he's the Lord of our life, that he is faithful. In 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it says, Faithful is he who is calling you to himself and utterly trustworthy. And he will also do it, fulfill his call by hallowing and keeping you. Guys, can I tell you this morning, God has never started something that he doesn't intend to complete. Like if he started something and you don't like where you're at today, well, hold on to him because the best is yet to come. He's going to finish what he started. The Bible says he will fulfill it. He will do what he said he will do. And if he said it, he will do it. In my house, we say it a little different. I look at my wife and I'll smile at her. I'll say, girl, won't he do it? And she looks at me and she says, yes, he will. So to humor me this morning, because my wife's not here, she's upstairs. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, won't he do it? Okay, y'all don't believe that. So let me, all right. Y'all over here, y'all are the believers over here. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, won't he do it? Ah. Here we go. Come on, Michelle, lead it. Look at somebody and say, won't he do it? Now answer it. Say, yes, he will. Do you believe that? Why? Because he's a faithful God, a dependable God, a reliable God. But we have to consider him faithful in every area of our lives, every day, every moment. And what happens is, is we get a little off um, with our thinking, with our theology. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, Therefore know without any doubt and understand that the Lord, your God, he is God. I want to stop there for a minute. Leave that scripture up there. The Lord, your God, he is God. Guess what, guys? He's not your mama. He's not your daddy. He's not your ex. He's not the company you work for. He's God. And if everyone else has failed you, turned your back on you, to betrayed you, God never will. Because he's faithful, he's true, he's good always. And so we don't approach him like we approach everyone else. We approach him like he's God, like he is faithful. Like, Lord, you did this for me in the past, and I know you're going to do this for me today. Lord, you covered me in this situation, and Lord, I know you're still covering me today. Lord, you got me out of this mess that I put myself in, and Lord, I know you're going to get me out of this mess that I'm in today. He's faithful, folks. And so we have to approach him like he's always going to be there. Why? Because he is always there. 
it goes on to say the faithful God who is keeping his covenant and his steadfast loving kindness to a thousand generations. He's still the God of more than enough, a God who's always moving on behalf of his people today. And he wants to be that for you and I. The character of God is faithful and true. He cannot lie. He will not lie. He fully intends to make his word good in our lives. You know, I love what Keith Moore said this past week when he was talking about um, a lot of us in, in, in the church world. I, I think what happens sometimes is we start believing God and when, when things don't go the way we want or, or things don't go to pa- come to pass how we want them to, we get mad and we, we, we want to blame God. But, but let, me, let me correct our, our way of thinking here. When we experience failure, the failure is not on God's part. Failure is on our part. We have to make some adjustments in, in our way of thinking. And what happens is, he talked about, Keith Moore talked about how some of us, and, and I was in this camp, we play Bible roulette. We hear a scripture and we're like, oh, I, I like that scripture. I'm going to use that to get what I want. Oh, I like that scripture. I'm going to use that to get what I want over here. I like that scripture. And that's not what God wants for us at all. God wants us to hear directly from him. But what happens is, is, is we, we, we play Bible roulette and then our prayers take on a different feel. In fact, we're praying not in line with God's word. Let's look what it says in scriptures here. It says in James, it says, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you, you may spend it on your pleasures. We're asking with the wrong heart and mind. We've not heard from God. We're focusing on ourselves. You know when God blesses us, he's blessing us to be a blessing. He's blessing us because it brings him glory and honor. But a lot of times, maybe you're like Derek, Lord, I just need one lottery ticket. You give me $10 million and I will take care of the ark. Can I be honest with y'all? I ain't thinking about the ark. I'm thinking about a truck. I'm thinking about getting a cabin in Colorado. I'm, I'm being real. And that's what a lot of people do. We play that game with the Lord. We pray amiss. You know, my wife and I, several years ago, we, we, uh, we led the singles ministry here, singles, singles group here. And I'll never forget, we were talking about believing the Lord, standing on his promises, trusting and believing the Lord. And I'll never forget, after class, this, this lady walks up and she goes, Pastor Derek, I, she goes, I, I, I got it. It's in me. And, and I want to start believing God. And I know exactly what I want to believe God for. I said, great, you got it. You know, as a teacher, you get excited when someone comes up to you. And I said, okay, what's your scripture? And she said, well, God said it's not good for man to be alone. And so I'm believing God that he's going to bring someone into my life to be my husband. I said, okay, well, I can pray and agree with that. God gave you that scripture. And she went a little step further. You know, sometimes, guys, we got to stop at God's word. But she took it a step further. And she said, you know what? And I know who he is. And I said, oh, who? She said, he's right there. And I looked and I said, isn't he married? And she said, but God said I can have him. Guys, God does not go against his word. He doesn't. But that's the extreme. But can we be honest? A lot of us from time to time play this roulette game to find scriptures to justify what we want to satisfy our flesh. But we have a promise from God, a strong promise from God. And if he's promised it, and if he's faithful and true and reliable, it will come to pass. Let's look at John 15, 4. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, 
You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, let me stop here for a minute. Abiding. You see, I think a lot of us, we approach our Bible reading time the wrong way. Pastor Allen, all the other great speakers get up here, and they talk about read Bible 365. And then we're like, okay, I'm going to read my proverb, then I'm going to read my psalm. I got my Old Testament. I don't know what they're talking about, but I read it. You know, then I'm in my New Testament. I read it. Check. Okay, I got it. And then you show up Wednesday or Sunday morning, you're like, Pastor, I read Bible 365. That's not what the Lord wants. The Lord wants us to get into his word. The Lord wants us to camp out in his word. And then what will happen is, is as we begin to abide in his word, the word of God will begin to come alive to us, will begin to resonate with our spirit, will begin to speak to our heart, will begin to speak to our current situations of what we're going through right here and now, and the Lord wants us to camp out. And what happens is, is that word becomes alive to us, and then it begins to produce in our lives. I'm struggling I'm struggling in the area of finances, and I'm reading Bible 365. And then I get to the scripture that says, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Whoa, wait a minute, God. Wow, I've never seen that scripture before. God, you will supply all my needs. Like, God, you will help me here. And it's not based upon what I have currently. It's based upon you. And what's happening is the Lord's speaking to my heart. He's saying, Derek, stand strong. Derek, hold on to me. Derek, press into me. Why? Because I already have an answer and I'm going to take care of it and I'm going to meet this need if you allow me to. What's he doing? He's speaking to me a word specifically to me. And when you receive a revelation from God directly to you, that revelation will anchor you when the storms of life come. It will anchor you when life happens. And you'll look up and you'll be experiencing the promises of God in the midst of the most difficult times in your life. But we have to slow down. We, ha- we can't rush through our Bible reading program. We also can't get so caught up and so puffed up. You know, I, I, I kind of chuckle inside when people come and tell me, well, I've been reading Leviticus for seven months. I'm like, well, you go for it then. (laughs) If Leviticus does it for you, then knock yourself out, bro. No, every time I sit down, it's, Lord, I thank you that when I sit down today, God, you know everything that's going on in my life. And I thank you that when I sit down today and spend time with you, you're going to speak to my heart. You're going to give me clarity and direction for now and the days ahead. Can I be honest with you? Every time I do that, I walk away with something from the Lord. He gives me exactly what I need. But I had to make the adjustment. And I found that if we'll make the adjustment, we'll experience God's faithfulness, his goodness, and his reliability in our lives. So I want to talk about today, how do we consider him faithful? Well, first, I think we have to learn You know, all of us, we've heard stories about Abraham, and I think a lot of teachers teach about Abraham, but what about Sarah? I mean, she was a part of this too. I mean, Abraham couldn't give birth, you know? And so I went back and I looked at the story, and, you know, the Lord began to talk to Abraham. Abraham's an older guy now, talked to Sarah, and the Bible says that when the Lord told Sarah that she would conceive, she laughed. Like she laughed. I'm like, can you imagine laughing at God? 
That is bold. But she laughed. But bless God, the story doesn't end there. Something happened. And let's look at this. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, it says, And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. When God promised Sarah a child in Genesis, she thought it was a joke. I mean, she laughed. I mean, she was like, God, do you see this, this dude over here? This dude is older than dirt. How are you going to, like, how are we going to conceive a child? I'm old. And she laughed. And the Bible goes on to say that 25 years passed. And in that 25th year, she conceived. So what happened? Scripture says she considered him faithful. I love the New King James translation. New King James says this, she judged him faithful. Think about it. When you get in front of a a judge, all of the facts of the case are presented. And then once it's gathered together, a verdict is made. I believe Sarah went back and as time went on, yeah, she was a little whatever about the situation, but then she got to thinking, man, God helped us here. God covered us here. When I took matters in my own hand, God didn't turn his back on me. When I lied and was scared, God forgave me. God's been with me every step of the way. She gathered all of the facts and she came back to a verdict of the fact that, you know what? He's faithful. And if he said that we're going to conceive, then we're going to conceive. And what happened? They conceived a baby boy. One of the things that all of us have to do is take God at his word. We do. We have to take God at his word. If he says it, then we believe it. You know, I told the story, first service, I'll tell it again now. But uh, my, my, my uncle was my pastor in San Antonio before we moved here some 20 plus years ago. And um, he had a side business where he would do business in San Antonio, Houston, and Austin. And one day he was headed up to Austin on I-35. And anyone else like me, like they've been working on I- I-35 for 75 years. I don't understand <laughs> what the holdup is. But anyways, he, he got into a real bad car accident and his car, he drove a, a, a Toyota Land Cruiser. His car looked like a crushed soda can. And somehow he was able to make it out. Um, he was a stocky guy, kind of like me, but being in an injury like that, he was very swollen. Neck was swollen, face was swollen, body was swollen. He was standing there, paramedics showed up. And when they got there, they saw how swollen he was. And so they slammed him on the gurney, put him in the car and shot off to the hospital. They get to the hospital. When they get to the hospital, they do the x-rays. Doctor comes in and says, Mr. Gardner, this is serious. You have the same injury as Christopher Reeve. And if you make one wrong move, you'll be paralyzed for the rest of your life. Now, I talked about abiding in God's word. My uncle, because he stayed in the word, a scripture rose up out of, inside of him, and he said, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. The doctor said, no, 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 Mr. Gardner, you don't understand. Your neck, your vertebrae, it's broken in multiple places. And one wrong move, even if you breathe wrong, you will be paralyzed for the rest of your life. And he looked at the doctor and he said, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. He said, Mr. Gardner, I'm I'm an expert here. 
I know what I'm talking about. And, and my uncle cut him off and said, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. Doctor walked away frustrated, a little agitated at him, and went to go consult with his other doctors. Ten minutes later, another doctor comes in. I guess they thought if they sent a black doctor, he could get the point across. And so they sent a black guy in. And the black doctor comes in. And he's like, hey, bro, what's up? You know, um, hey, let, let, me, let me explain something to you. Uh, that doctor is one of the best, you know, in the area. And uh, this is pretty serious. If you make one wrong move, and my uncle cut him off and said, no, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. He says, man, I understand. I understand where you're coming from, but this is serious. And my uncle, once again, said, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. So he got frustrated. He walked away. And some minutes passed by. This other guy comes in, and he was a Christian. And he said, you know, Mr. Gardner, I understand. I, I go to church too, and I believe in God and everything else, but this is very serious. And finally, my uncle said, you know what? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. He looked at my aunt and said, get my things and let's go. And they left and went home to find a doctor that, that, would, that would agree with them that God was going to heal them. Well, after a week and a half, you know, uh, the doctor they found who was a, a man of faith, who believed in the scriptures, you know, operated on him. And my uncle recovered fully in a week and a half. Um, and now... He didn't deny medical science, but what he was not going to do was agree with someone that went contrary against the Word of God. He was not going to agree with someone who came against the Word that was anchored in his soul. Why? Because he knew God was faithful. He knew God was a faithful healer, and he knew God healed back then, and that God still heals today. And that's how we have to get. We have to become resolute when it comes to the Word of God. When God speaks to us, after we've gathered all the facts, we have to still consider him faithful in spite of whatever it is that we're dealing with. And so we want to consider him faithful. And so how do we do this uh, similar to what Sarah did? As I said, we have to consider him faithful. First Samuel 12, 24 says, but be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart and consider what great things he's done for you. In the midst of today, while I'm teaching, there are both things that I'm believing God for, things that, that I'm dealing with that I'm, I'm, I'm believing God for. And even in this, I have to consider him faithful. I have to judge him faithful. So what do I do? I gather all the facts. Lord, you brought me a blessing when you brought me my wife. Lord, you protected my daughter when she was born in the car and she wasn't even breathing. Lord, you protected my daughter when she went on mission work in another country. Lord, you restored us financially and spiritually and brought us back into the ministry. Lord, you healed me when I was struggling with anxiety and depression and when I was hospitalized for pneumonia. And Lord, you blessed me with an amazing church family. I have to gather all the facts just like you do and settle within myself that God's faithful because he is. You want to trust in the Lord also and his word. What is his word to you? Well, you'll know that as you spend time in his word. What is this Lord word to you? And when he speaks it, it tells us in the scriptures to trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It says, don't rely on your own understanding. But God, I, I, I got this. God, when it comes to finances, I'm, I'm solid, man. I don't need you. But over here in my relationship, I can use a little help. No, 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 no. 
You need God in every area of your life. Well, God, I know if I can just do this, this, and this, this situation will turn around. No, go to the Lord. Trust in him and do what he says. Because if you'll do that, then he will sustain you. He will bless you. Our own understanding won't support us. His word will support us. And we have to remember that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. We have to go all in when it comes to God. Psalm 138.8, it says, The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful Lord, for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. It goes on and on and on and on. And I love this. There's no condition to it. You mess up, get back up. Make a mistake, shake it off. Turn your back, turn back around. The Bible says his faithful love endures forever. Why? Because going back to the start, he's trustworthy. He's faithful. He's reliable. He's always there for you. He loves you. He's a good God. Then we have to learn to wait on him. Guys, there's timing and everything. And I'm bad about tithing, timing. You know, what I I found is, is um, sometimes I get unchristian-like when I have to wait a long time. Um, And it's not pretty. Like I will drive 40 miles out of the way if traffic's at a standstill. It drives my family crazy. I don't like to wait. Um, And I found a lot of us don't like to wait. But what I found is, is the scriptures are clear that there's a season and time for everything. In Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. So we've got to learn to wait. Wait on God. Wait on God's timing. I remember when I was in my 20s and I knew everything and I knew how all this was going to work out. I remember telling my uncle, yeah, man, when I'm 24, I'm going to have my own church and then you can come have me preach at your church and, you know, then my church is going to blow up and this is how this is going to work. And can I tell you, life slapped me upside my head and I went on this journey that the Lord took me on. And what I found is, is I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I knew how things were going to work out, but God knows better. And I can tell you now with what I do here at the church, I'm having the time of my life. Did I know I would be doing all of this? No. But I have to be willing to wait on the Lord. Lamentations 3, 25 and 26 says, The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. That word hope means an expectation, an excitement. We have to have that on the inside of us, that expectation, that excitement. That's how we wait for the Lord. I remember when my kids were little, I made a huge mistake. The first time I took them to Disney World, this is back when they still had DVDs, I ordered a DVD and I told my wife, January 1st, we're going to sit the kids down and we're going to show them a video of Disney World. And so we showed them that video and my kids got so excited. The problem was, is we weren't going to Disney World until July. And so every day, they would say, is today today? Is today today? Is it time yet? Is it time yet? And then finally, when we got on the road, are we there yet? Are we there yet? What was happening? There was so much excitement and expectation and anticipation on the inside of them that they could hardly control themselves. Guys, when we're waiting on the Lord, 
when we're standing on his scriptures, there needs to be an excitement on the inside of us, guys, that you know what, my best days are ahead of me, that God's going to turn this situation around, that my healing's on the way, that God's going to fill every gap in my life because he's faithful, true, and reliable. That excitement needs to be on the inside of us. And God's faithful. And we can't be, we have to learn from things that are just common sense. I went, I had a friend who did farming. I don't know much about farming. So I asked him a question. I said, man, hey, help me here. Like on a farm, you know, now with all the advancements and everything, if I go and plant like a seed of corn, like with all this technology, is there any way that if I plant it today, the corn will sprout up tomorrow? And he looked at me, he's like, man, that's stupid. Then I asked another friend who's an investment investor and he, all this stuff. I said, man, if I take a dollar and, and I give you a dollar to invest like in this moment, like can I have a million dollars like an hour from now? He's like, what, what, is, what are you thinking? But we approach God the same way. We see a scripture, the Lord speaks to our heart, and, and then we wake up the next morning like, Lord, where are you at? We've got to learn to wait on God and trust in him. And remember that he is reliable and faithful and true. When you discipline yourself to wait on the Lord, you move into direct contact with him. We go from knowing about him to knowing him personally. And when you know him personally, there's a stronger bond there and you won't be um, shaken in your faith. The last thing is this. I found that many people operate like I did a long time ago. I used to pursue the promise and not pursue the Lord. And so I want to encourage you with this as we get ready to wrap up. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You see, we've got to become purposeful about the provider and not just the provision. We've got to become purposeful about the healer and not just the healing. We've got to become more passionate about the protector and not just his protection. Why? Because all of his promises are in him. When you go after him and go all in to get close to him and to be in fellowship with him and to be all in with him, it's all a part of the package, man. The Bible says that in him is fullness of joy and pleasures evermore in his presence. And so let's go after God, guys, like never before. And watch what he begins to do in our lives. So let me encourage you this morning. Let's consider him faithful in all things at all times. Will you bow your heads this morning? You know, I'm big on drawing lines in the sand. And I'm the first to acknowledge that sometimes we don't all get it right. And maybe you are like I was, and you're doing this walk of God a lot different than what God really intends for. Well, guys, today, I, I believe that today that the tide of the battle is going to turn, that God's going to begin doing something new in your life. So today, with every head bowed and eye closed, today I'm going to ask you, Maybe you're here and you've never made the Lord Jesus your personal Savior. Or maybe you've gotten away from him because life has just taken you down a different path. 
today with every head bowed, eye closed, I'm going to encourage you. If that's you, you want to get to know the Lord for the first time or you want to get back to the Lord and really make him the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you as an act of faith, if you'll just lift up your hand and say, that's me. And I want to make it right with the Lord. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Can you put those down? Well, today we're going to do what we do every week here at the Ark, and we're going to say a prayer together as a church family. If you'll repeat after me, say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior, and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I am a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, I thank you for each man, woman, and child who said that prayer today. And Lord, I thank you that you are not only the hearer, but you are the one who answers prayers. So, Father, I thank you that as we recommit ourselves today or come to you for the very first time, Lord, I thank you that you'll begin to speak to each of our hearts and that you'll lead us into your good plans and your promises for our lives. Father, we thank you for the days ahead. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.